All right, uh, if you have your Bible, please open to Psalm chapter 85. I know, your traditional Advent season psalm. Uh, We're continuing on with our series entitled uh, The Joy of Every Longing Heart. And I want to, I put some pictures at the back of the sanctuary from uh, Jackie and myself, our our wedding, and uh, we have... We have some just beautiful pictures there and bring back some lovely memories. And if you're married or if you've ever been married, uh, logic follows that you also had a wedding day of some sort, right? Now, your day may have been a quiet ceremony with a couple of friends at the Justice of the Peace, or it could have been a grand church wedding with much fanfare, hundreds of guests, a sizable wedding, party and a, uh, a lengthy reception to celebrate with uh, your beloved and your guests. Now, there's a few things that make up every single wedding, no matter the size or the level of fanciness. These are the groom and the bride. And the bride and the groom, what do they do? They make vows and promises to one another. And they do so publicly, various levels of publicity, but at least publicly. And there's someone to officiate that ceremony. That officiating makes those vows and promises binding. So that's what, it, what really at the core of a wedding uh, is taking place there. And so one of those vows, and I'll read it for you this morning, is what the groom says, is repeating from the minister or whomever, um, repeats as he says, and I'll, I'll do this to Jackie here, it says, I take Jackie to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness and health, to love and to cherish, till death do us, till death us do part, that's always the trickiest one, according to God's holy ordinance, and thereto I pledge you my faith. And I want to zero in on two words that were in that part of the ritual there. Love and faith. Love and faith. Even before we read the passage today, I want to just point out there's one verse in your scripture. It says this, uh, chapter 85, verse 7 says, Show us your unfailing love, Lord, and grant us your salvation. This idea of unfailing love, it just doesn't come out of thin air. It actually, the Hebrew word... That's, used to, that's usually translated as unfailing love is hased, hased, unfailing or steadfast love. And this is the love described in this marriage vow right here, the covenant between a man and a woman. And they engage in this. And this is the love that they're called to and the love that they promise to one another. This unfailing love. Steadfast love, faithfulness. And I'm not performing a wedding today, or at least I don't think I am. But we're connecting that faithful love illustrated here in the vows of a wedding and how God fulfilled and showed his love to his people. I want to share one of these stories from the Old Testament uh, Genesis 15, we're not, we have to, we're not going to read through it, but I just want to retell this story to you. I love this one. It's so picturesque. I don't love it for the gross part of the story, though. There is some grossness to it. Uh, you see, God wanted to have 
this prom- these special promises with Abraham and his family. And so he says, Abraham, we're going to have a covenant. And I want you to go and do this thing. And here's what he has to do. He has to take a, a variety of animals and, and he's instructed to cut them in two, cut them in half, and then spread the pieces and make like an aisle, kind of like an aisle in the church as, they, as the bride walks down the aisle. Think of that. And what would happen in this covenant situation uh, is that the two people who were, were making these promises to each other, well, they would, after they were cut into two, they would, they would walk between the pieces together, and it would be a covenant with each other. And essentially what they're saying there in walking amongst those, those split in two animals is if I go back on my promise, if I'm not faithful to what I'm telling you right now, may I be cut in two, may I be destroyed like these animals as well. And uh, working in a grocery store that has a butcher uh, area, I've seen how they have to cut up animals and it's, you know, it's, you know, I stay clear from most of that, but it's hard work. I don't know if you've ever just maybe cut a chicken apart for one, but think of a, a larger animals, okay? And think of multiple ones. He put a lot of sweat equity into this covenant. And we find out that these aren't cooked animals. They are, these these are rotten flesh animals sitting open because of course the birds come and they, they peck at it and try to get the bits and pieces of the animals and he shoes them away. This is the covenant animals. I'm waiting for God to come so we can walk amongst them. And eventually... God comes in the form of a smoking pot and a torch. And God is the only one to walk down that aisle. Catch that. God is the only one to walk between those pieces. What that tells us, what that says to us in this story from Genesis 15, God is making the promise between him and Abram at that time. And he's saying, Even if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, I'm going to suffer the consequences as well. But not only was God taking on the responsibilities of both parties, but there was the expectation that Abraham and his descendants would remain faithful to God. It wasn't, I'm going to cut you off, Abraham, but I have this expectation of you that you will remain faithful to me. Here's a picture of my steadfast love. Even if you mess up, I'm gonna suffer the consequences. I'm the only one that can walk down this aisle. So that brings us to Psalm 85, and that's when we're gonna start reading because Psalm 85 is a lament that is focused on faithfulness. And this picture that we just talked about is a picture of God's faithfulness. And let's look at Psalm 85 together. It says, you showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquity of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure towards us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not revive us again, that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. 
I will listen to what God the Lord will say. He promises peace to his people, his saints, but let them not return to folly. Surely this salvation is near those who fear him, and his glory may dwell in our land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, let's walk back through this passage a little bit together, okay? What we have here, I'm going to break it down into sections. Verses 1 through 3. What we have is a people who are proclaiming God's faithfulness. Hey, God, you have been faithful. We talked about that during our candle Ceremony. You have been faithful. It is important to identify this one that you're praying to. You have been faithful to us. Verses 4 through 6, they're verses of repentance and lament. Will you be angry at us forever? You've been faithful. Are you going to keep saying angry at us, God? Kind of a silly question, but they say it nonetheless. And then here's where... The word has said pops up in verse seven, that unfailing and steadfast love. They believe in it, even if they don't feel it right now. Hear that. They don't, they believe in it, even if they don't feel it. Even if their circumstances are pointing elsewhere, they tell God he has unfailing love for them. And then they cry out for that unfailing love to come. We move from God's love to what he promises he made. In verses 8 through 9, he promised peace and salvation. And as this song draws to a close, sometimes maybe you can feel it when you listen to a song on the radio and you know it's kind of, it's getting ready to end. You know, it feels like it's being resolved. This song is getting ready to resolve. Uh, The author brings it to a close in verses 10 through 13 saying love and faithfulness meet together, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Harmony, love, peace. And God's faithfulness and righteousness are never ending. They are abundant, abundantly given and received when one is in right relationship with God. And you and I, we can have and experience God's steadfast love too. God will be faithful to his people. But how can we gain confidence of this truth? What do we do? What do you do if you want to know that tomorrow is going to be okay? Well, you either just think, oh, it's not going to be okay, and you just dwell on that, and that's one choice, Or you think back of those days when it was okay. So in this case, how do I know that God is going to be faithful moving forward? I look back to the past. God has been faithful to you in your past. He is faithful now and will continue to do so. The past of our 
present congregation, our actual congregation. Think of how amazing, how amazingly he has sustained us throughout all of these years. How he continues to have work to do. How people share the gospel with the people open to hearing his word being preached, taught, and lived in this community. And you know what? It started with a vision from some Nazarenes in La Crosse some 83 years ago. A tent meeting on this property kicked things off, and here we are in 2023, still kicking. And we are serving in various capacities and ministering to lots of people every day in all of our own different special ways that God has gifted us and positioned us. And so is God faithful? Look around at your brothers and sisters here today. Look at Christ. Of course, his steadfast love endures forever. It's important when you get that perspective of God's faithfulness and you're encouraged by it, that you don't just sit on it, you share it with others. Believe it or not, not everyone's an optimist. I know. For optimists, that's a really hard thing for us to admit because it makes us sad. (laughs) It takes coming alongside someone who trusts you and sharing the encouragement that you've received. But here we come back to that maybe sad word. I said it briefly earlier. Lament. Lament. The whole series kind of touches on this uncomfortable word of lament. Crying out. Something's wrong. Being okay with confronting God about that thing that is wrong. We've got to lament the broken covenants all around us. We think of God's faithfulness, our faithfulness to God, but we see all around us brokenness. Maybe you hear of a couple planning on getting a divorce. I suggest you lament that. May that grief draw you to your knees for those people. What about local tragedies? People suffering from homelessness, mental illness, and poverty. Abusive situations between family members, coworkers, even levels of local leadership. Those things need to be recognized and lamented. But we do not just sit around and boohoo. We don't. We don't just sit around and boohoo our eyes out. We're not sad sacks and with no hope. And sorry to anybody named Deborah listening online today, but we're not a bunch of Debbie Downers. We know the problems. We address them and lament. We are grieved by them, but we recognize them to emphasize our great big God's power to deal with any and every situation. That's good news. That's real good news. We identify those laments because it helps us to identify the only one who can fix those broken problems, those brokenness. We are loved. This truth is at the heart of the Christmas story. God's love is faithful. And we can trust that God's love is humongous and present for us. Even if others have failed around us, and I know you're probably thinking of one or two people who have failed you, maybe even today. 
Or maybe you feel like you failed yourself or you feel like you failed God. God has not failed you. God has not failed us. We can trust that God loves us and that we can remember where God has been faithful in the past. And we can celebrate where God reveals his steadfast love to us now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your steadfast love. You are consistent in your abundance. You love us in a way that we can't even comprehend sometimes. And the best that we can do is look back on that, recognize it, rejoice, and be encouraged by it when we face brokenness in our present and when we will face brokenness in the future. Illness is running rampant in our county. We know this. We could get real down about that, Lord. But I pray that your hand would be upon us and know that there is light and love and your faithfulness shines today. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.